Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and joined today by a returning guest that we all know and love, Gabriel Kiora, the creator of Warpland. Welcome. How are you today? Hello, Logar. How, how are you? Thank you for the invitation. Glad to be here. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. <laughs> I see you sparking up a cigarette there, and I, I just had to scarf mine down because I'm not allowed to smoke in the house. I scarf mine before I come in and read. <laughs> I can smoke for both of us then. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I would like to do some of that myself, although I know I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> I only smoke, uh, I'm a cash, casual smoker, only when I am with friends. Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, you've got some stuff going on right now. Want to come on, talk about a few things. First off, would you tell folks what you have coming up and going on and what to look out for and what's happening in your, your part of the world? Well, the most important uh, thing going on is that uh, next week, Hellnight will be will start uh, printing at the printer. The Warplam hardback is already being printed. The rewards uh, regarding the poster and the brochure, the cardboard brochure, are already on Exalted Funerals Warehouse. So I'm stoked that the, this very long nightmare is uh, going to end now and I'm <laughs> be able to to go ahead with the next projects I have in mind. That's 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 good to hear. Are you are you, are you interested in telling us about the next project you have in mind? Uh, yeah, sure. For for my for my Kickstarter, the next thing that uh, I will launch uh, will be a a complete update uh, on Neurosity. Oh, that was my first book, and I didn't have uh, an editor in those times. So I'm going to work with my my editor Walton Wood to work on that book and also expand it a bit and polish it uh, quite nicely and add a lot of artwork. So I think uh, the the aim and the objective is to make a version that uh, is more deserving to the. To that work that I love very much. Well, that's cool. That's cool to hear. Is there going to be a, a lot of change in regards to art and layout and all that stuff as well? What, what can we expect to see there? I, I am particularly, I'm okay with the layout, but mm -hmm. uh, well, it needs a lot of editing, uh, some polishing on the rules. It's going to have a, a bit more artwork, of course, maybe 15 pages more of content, uh, a few extra ideas, maybe another character class. Well, a few things going on that will tweak the game uh, to improve it towards excellence. I'm going to bring something up. You recently wrote an article about AI art. I was wondering if you could maybe give us a synopsis and tell us a little bit about what you wrote there and what you had to say. I'm curious to know, because that's something that's been talked about a lot in the game, uh, I guess, the gaming community here recently. I have been interested in AI uh, as an artist from a, for a long time, uh, I used to be a, a musician, and uh, actually, I have three EPs that deal uh, mainly about the same AI that is featured on in, on positive. So I really like the subject. I'm not an expert on it, but I really enjoy. It. So I wrote an article. The article well, is going to be featured in Geek Magazine in France. I think that my opinion on, on the subject, on these all AI generators, art generators, is that, uh, well, first thing is going to change the whole industry because creators are going to have 
the availability of a very decent artwork at a very decent cost. Because right now, I think that the subscri subscription to, to Mid Journey is, is not much. It must be around $10 a month, something like yeah. that. It's something like that, yeah. As long as you know more or less how to write a prompt that is not very hard at all, you can just imitate what other people uh, are doing. You can have a, something uh, very good. My opinion personally is that I think that we are witnessing the birth of non-human art. I don't think it's actually a ripoff. Uh, I don't think that the machine is actually imitating the artist or is making a collage out of, of art, art. I think that it's handling itself or working in the same way that an artist can work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A limited version of that because artificial intelligence is, has been made for that specific purpose of creating that art. So it's like a, a very partial intelligence. I think that the work is indeed original. Mm -hmm. The problem is that no, nobody is quite sure yet who who owns it. The property thing is a big issue here. Like who owns the? Uh, as I always like to talk about, like who owns the means of production and who benefits from it. <laughs> and... Exactly because I don't know who owns it. Should Mid Journey owns own it? Should the company own it? Should the uh, should the creator that wrote the prompt own it? Because at, at the beginning there was, I, I think there is still a, a big misconception in which some people started to believe that that they were in fact the creators of the artwork and that the art generators were a tool, were just a tool for mm -hmm. that artwork. But the uh, truth is that most experts uh, on AI agree that this is far beyond a tool. This is much more than a tool because the, the AI is in fact taking artistic decisions in your behalf. Mm -hmm. it, it is not handling itself like a tool, exactly. It, it, is, it is having plenty of freedom to, to do its own thing. And that freedom is exactly about taking artistic uh, liberties to handle itself based on an algorithm and based on, well, I don't know, based on, 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 a, lot of, on a lot of work that I am not capable of explaining it right now. I, I <laughs> try to explain it in my article, but it's still far beyond my, uh, my expertise. But I know for a fact uh, that everyone agrees that uh, this is not a tool. This technology is not a tool. This is not comparable to the birth of, uh, I don't know, this is not comparable to when eight millimeters cameras appeared in, in the 80s and everyone can, could do their own film, and that started the no wave movement. This is going to start a movement, but I think that we will slowly start to acknowledge and appreciate that we are dealing with non-human artists mm -hmm. and that each of them will have their own specialties, their own quirks, their own aesthetics, their own way of doing stuff. And that's going to be some, some problem for many of us because, like I said in my article, the, the big problem will be when the economy or, or, or commercially we stop being dependent on the work of small artists and their expertise and, and the know-how the know of their technique uh, becomes redundant. Yes. That might cause a big cultural shift that won't be positive for us because mm -hmm. we 
as, as humans, stop being creators of the art itself and start becoming like a public. We, we are just uh, ordering on demand what we want to see. Yes. So it's like, uh, eventually we will, we will be able to, I don't know, I want to watch a movie of James Bond in a Dungeons and Dragons setting starred by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll be able eventually to do that for us. Yeah. But the intervention of, of human artistry in that particular piece will be very little. will be just uh, the request, the ordering. And it's just going to make it up on its own and spit out what we want to see <laughs> out of an algorithm. Uh, and at a cost and at a speed uh, that is uh, way beyond uh, what we are capable of doing now. Yes. So co uh, competitively wise, uh, it's out of another ballpark. I would not be shocked that the software to accomplish that ends up on the pretty high side and in the hands of certain folks who are, well, vying for power over certain intellectual properties and whatnot right now, like the Disney's and Hasbro's and Adobe's <laughs> of the of the world, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, of course, of course. I, I think that uh, we all understand that at this moment, we uh, there is like a sort of race from many companies, engineers, software engineers, uh, trying to accomplish this technology to its fullest, to see who reaches the most creative power of, of, of the best or, or the best uh, artificial intelligence. Yes. To see who gets there first and who gets the edge. If we see, if we witness what happens, what happened this year, it's amazing how, I know at first I think it was, I know there were many, there were many art, art generators and they all starting overlapping each other. Right now, I think we all agree Mid Journey is the uh, is the best one. But maybe next month another one will appear and show up and do something better. It's growing by the week. It's capitalism. It's a competitive market, and everybody is clawing to get at the top and be the winner. It seems. <laughs> and this not only relates to illustration. This, uh, I mean, I, I have been fooling around with text. Uh, with chat GPT, that's the AI from Google, I think. The thing, I, I wouldn't say that it can do, an, uh, from one to 10, my perception is that uh, the writing skills is like a seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is good enough, for, uh, it's good enough to at least have some ideas and develop over on that on those ideas. And, and, and honestly, it's better than a lot of people can do sometimes. <laughs> Of course, yes, yes. It's better and much faster, quicker, cheaper. And right now it's a seven. Maybe in a couple of months it will be an eight. And maybe in two or three years we will have Shakespeare. <laughs> we'll have the uh, the program that goes down in history as the William Shakespeare of AI. Yes, yes. And that idea is uh, something that has been talked about by many sci-fi writers. The idea of a of a, an artificial artist that can in fact produce artwork in its most broadest sense. I mean, art that can indeed uh, inspire someone, or I don't know all the associate positive associations we have with art. That might happen. The problem will be that if the AI is in the hands of a of a company and the only objective or, or, or the only goal will be making money. 
and creating stuff that is purely banal or uh, well, you get the idea of what I mean, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, there, and that is like, not gonna lie, that's I see that a lot. Is the only goal <laughs> making the money? That's that's yeah. uh, we've got a lot of people trying to put food in their mouths and trying to find any way they can to try to get that extra buck to pay the rent or whatever it is they're falling back on. And I think that uh, the work of independent artists, even more, they, it starts becoming like a, like a small speck in an ocean or, or of, of too much offer. No? Yes. There's so much supply and so much offer for the public that trying to stand out as an independent artist is quite an endeavor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a big challenge because you need to work uh, fast, you need to be productive, you need to uh, do something that is professional, you need to spend a lot of money, you need the most expensive asset we can buy, that is time. Yes, that's Very that's the most expensive <laughs> asset there. That time stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the kicker. That time is what you're selling there. <laughs> yeah. At the end, it's all about that. It's all about time. At least for me, it would be impossible to to try to achieve what I, I am trying to achieve if I had to work with another uh, job. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have the end or the time to do it. It's impossible. Yeah. And I think that the system and society is increasingly demanding more time from us. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. I I 100 agree. That's a, that's quite that's quite a truth there. Have being able to have the time to accomplish those things and put and invest your time in there and energy when there are definitely those who want you to invest your time and energy in getting them rich uh, and making them a buck is pretty much what we're looking at. <laughs> Absolutely, and and uh, and distracting us with with a lot of offers, no? Yes, because. Uh, I don't know if if you want to maybe find a an independent movie or 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 find a a, a work done by a by in the, by an independent artist. It's much more difficult than than buying a product that is made by a by a corporation. That so that demands more work from the part of the consumer also. Yes. Because uh, you have you have to actively seek out a lot of these games. It's not it, you don't independent game creators don't have the kind of marketing budgets that Paizo, uh, Wizards of the Coast has, where they can just reach out and suddenly like the big the big uh, sites and news channels are going to talk about your game. That ain't happening. You've got to get out there and actively work to spread the word about what you're doing to try to hawk your own book. So, so that requires a lot of conscience and, and a lot of attention and criteria from the part of the consumer or from the public to actively seek uh, something that is independent or something that is made by by an independent creator and not by a corporation. Yes. I don't know. I think that uh, it's maybe a bit difficult to understand why is that important for, for some of us at least. Well, I'd like, yeah, I'd really like to know why that's important to you. Like, how does this how does this relate to you and your life? And how does this kind of stuff impact you as an independent creator? Uh, specifically regarding what? Uh, the competition against? Well, yeah, a lot, a lot of what we're talking about here. How does this impact you in a, in a real way? Well, truth is like uh, with, with all aspects of art. Uh, I mean, let, let's say regarding music. Mm, yes. Uh, you have people that maybe listen to more mainstream music. 
and you have people that listen to the local band. Yes. And that's exactly the same thing. What is the appeal of the local band against the appeal of, of listening to, to a, another type of music that is uh, created more from a corporate stand of view or, st- or standpoint? I think personally that to, to be able to create, you need to stop yielding to other people's opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to do that if you are uh, on a payroll yes. or if you have fact that uh, you need to create something under under specific and under under specific um criterias licenses yeah uh it's very difficult and as soon as the objective starts being making money and stops and stops being creating something that uh, really gives something valuable and it's important for the artist himself Mm-hmm. things start to become a bit weird and the piece itself and the work itself, it starts to corrupt. Mm-hmm. And I think that people uh, feel that. Yes. I think that uh, people understand that and and deep within they know the difference between maybe watching a movie that makes you in- inspire or makes you think and sticks with you and, and, and you keep thinking about it and Make, maybe makes you uh, or, or causes some, why not, personal growth. Yes. Uh, and I, again, something that is purely entertaining and is very light mm-hmm. and it has only the objective of drawing your attention and maybe filling up your leisure activities. Yes. I, th- I think that the, the public that uh, the, the OSR and, and the indie scene in RPGs have is... Uh, is incredible, and uh, all of us contribute one another to create stuff. It's a great community, you know? Yes. Uh, and I think that uh, that's also part of the importance. I think there is a community. Uh, and that community is local, and we know each other, and we influence each other, and we help create each other, and we support each other, and we help each other. It goes beyond the purely uh, materialistic aspects of just getting together and have a good time. But at least for me, yeah, I think I think you got I think that's something great you're saying there, and like the history of this hobby that we're specifically into, always like the nature of it. We're role playing games. We're sitting around tables with our with the people in our community, our friends, our extended friends, and we're playing these games together in smaller mm-hmm. communities and locally that are making our own games and putting them out there and supporting each other. It's it is a different type of hobby. Absolutely, absolutely. As I always say that when I think that the the idea of a game is not well understood correctly uh, in modern society. Watch in nature, all animals uh, play games in order to to train themselves and to understand better reality itself. And I think that games are the most uh, are the primary and most primeval form of learning. Mm-hmm. So we, we can, in fact, use games to understand better ourselves and better uh, our neighbors. So I think that it's something that's a tool that we have in our hands that uh, we should give the importance uh, it should have. Well, I, I think you're right. I agree with you. I'm really glad you've come on to talk about this stuff. We're a bit over time. I want to know if there's anything else you want to add to this conversation before we sign off here. <laughs> 
I became a bit philosophical. <laughs> I like that, though. This is good. This is the kind of stuff I think I want to hear. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you, Shane, for the invitation. Uh, well, we we are. I'm also. I have been invited by Alan Barr to participate on a on a very interesting project called Abyssal. The, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Abyssal, related to the abyss, you know, the underwater hole. The abyss. The abyss, but abyssal, you know, Abi related abysmal? to... Abysmal? I don't know. I'm not sure. Abyssal? How do you spell it? <laughs> uh, abyssal. Well, A-B-Y-S-S-A-L. Abyssal. 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 Okay. So that's going to be... Um, Trophy, trophy dark supplement. Oh, nice! About an underwater station that suddenly finds like a temple underwater and is has to deal with a very ancient creature, closely related to perhaps the mythical or biblical Leviathan. Mm -hmm. And uh, another project I am doing together uh, with Andy Lennon is going to be a Mordor supplement uh, and we are going to uh, make a story that is closely related to the Mordor Lord. It's going to be a, basically a legend about a king uh, called King Morg and it's going to explain a bit about the whole disintegration going on in Mordor society. I like that. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is coming out here in the future. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keeping an eye on it, and I'm excited to see. We got the the. We'll be having some stuff hopefully here in the next couple months or so on Exalted Funeral to purchase. Right when that when uh, Warpland and everything comes out, correct? Absolutely, Shane. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk. Thank you. Much for the invitation a pleasure as always no doubt no doubt uh, anytime you want to come on reach out i love talking to you if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today give us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on facebook search wobblies and wizards wobblies and wizards.com is our blog i'm on twitter at logar hail crom i'm on tiktok now too at logar hail crom we're on patreon we can use support patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always keep those dice rolling <laughs>